It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Details on how Twitter's upcoming edit button might work have surfaced, and we all have different takes on how we feel about it. Slack-like communities are coming to WhatsApp Messenger, and this could give the super popular messaging app more of a social media app look and feel. Flossing on the gram is not really a good idea right after you've just filed for bankruptcy. And we interview Jeremy Butler, founder of Savage Kingdom, and he dives into just what NFTs are and how his company is providing dope artwork and teaching the community about blockchain and financial literacy. We've got all this and more in episode 31 of The Tech Job. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. The Cloud is the Worst. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having problems all morning uh, between iCloud and uh, Google Workspace. So uh, some emails got deleted. <laughs> some accounts got refreshed. Oh, man. And uh, still ain't got stuff resolved. But uh, we're working on it. We're getting there. Had to, I love technology. Had, I had to put my IT hat on for real, for real this morning just to get stuff. Uh, back to something to where I could actually, uh, it's like without email, you feel like you, you're standing alone by yourself. <laughs> but I finally got some stuff back up and running. So we're good. I just got to finish some, clean some stuff up and hopefully, um, finish this little migration that I'm working on. But that's some, that's some personal stuff. So, y'all, before we uh, get into the tech stories, uh, I do want to uh, let folks know I'm looking here at our, uh, you know, at our chat and we've got Saray is in the chat. Uh, Charles is in the chat. We uh, expect other folks to jump in there before too long. But if you want to su- help support the Tech John, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the Tech John. And one of the things you can do if you sign up to any tiers, you get access to our uh, live stream and our after party, um, as Charles and Saray can attest to, they hang out all the time. And you also will get your name shouted out every now and again. So, uh, just wanted to let folks know about that. Once again, that is patreon.com forward slash the tech John. So the first story that we're going to talk about this week, we seems like we have been talking about Twitter all month. <laughs> Um, and nauseum. <laughs> uh, you know, all month. I mean, it, there's everything going. It's like, you know, last week it's like, is, is this dude going to, you know, do a hostile takeover? Then talking about Elon Musk. And then, yeah, he tried, he launched one and then there's a poison pill. But the tech story we want to talk about is the edit button. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it looks like some more details of how this thing might actually work. Um, or out. Yeah. So basically there are rumors basically swirling that 
when Twitter finally does institute the edit button, they are going to save the rest of your tweet history. So instead of actually being Removing. able to edit the original tweet and just change one tweet um, and put it back out there, they are going to basically let you're you'll basically be rewriting your tweet it'll it'll you know you'll just seem like you're editing it but you'll basically be rewriting it and all of the previous versions of that tweet will be saved as well which you know to me kind of defeats the purpose of of being able to edit i mean I, i think people want to be able to erase you know, whatever they did prior, especially people that are looking to do harm, people that have maybe threatened somebody or, you know, some other sort of abuse happening on the platform, they're looking to erase that thing so that, you know, there is no record of it being kept. But if, in fact, you save the the tweet history um, when you allow somebody to edit, it, it opens up the door um, to basically sort of, you know, negate the whole reason that you wanted to edit it in the first place. I kind of like this this way, though, because I always thought that the edit button should be more on. It should be more of a correct button. Like, so when do I want to edit? I can't spell for the life of me. So when I mistype somebody's name or I'm trying to tag someone and I'm actually, oh, wow, I got to go delete the entire post so I can actually get their Twitter account handle correct, which I do that all the time. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of nice for that. And I don't care if somebody wants to actually click. Maybe I, they, they didn't express how this is going to look. So maybe it'll be like a little tick that you can press and you can then go in and see the uh, the, the additional tweets. I would hope that it's not, you know, just going to be just another tweet, because like you said, that kind of defeats purpose if it's simply just another tweet. But my gut would tell me is that they would obviously it in some form or fashion and you'd have to click maybe a little button to see what the edits were. If that's the case, I don't mind it at all because I don't think people should be able to change their sentiment. If you actually go out there and say some crazy stuff and then you think, you know, ah, oh, you know what? I probably shouldn't think have said that. You should just think you should just delete the tweet, uh, you know, because, it, you know, once people got it, they got it anyway. Uh, this is just something that allows you to go, oh, no, I just I misspelled this person's name. I need to go fix it. Or I I had this date wrong. I need to go put the, you know, correct the date. That's to me what an edit button should be. Just correcting what you've right. already done, not giving you the ability to completely rearrange your thoughts and come out with a new tweet. There is something called the tweet button that you can use that for. Um, I only like this if the revision history is public, if the revision his- history is private and only me as the, you know, owner or the creator can only see it or Twitter, you know, admin users, if, if something goes down and somebody needs to look at it for whatever reason, you know, evidence or whatever the case may be, you know, I get it that, you know, uh, Twitter programmers, engineers, whomever need to look at it. But if those are the only people that can look at it, I don't like it. If it's public and you can click on, like Rob said, you can click on a, you know, some ellipses or more options or whatever and see the actual revision history, then I will be with it. But see, that would be the exact opposite. I, mm-hmm. I like if I'm editing my tweet, it's because I want you to see the edited version. I don't want you to be able to see all the rest of, you know, what I might have done before that. I'm like, eh. Only if, like Rob said, if the sentiment changes, like if you put something out like frogs are stupid, you know, and then, you know, two months later or whatever or whatever comes. The liberal community comes after you. (laughs) Right, right, right. Peter, Peter hits you up and then you change it to say, you know, frogs, uh, 
frog shoes are stupid, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> to change the sentiment of the actual tweet, then, you know, I, I you know, I would, I would want to be able to, as another person that's interested to, to either. Yeah. Yeah. To see the receipts. See exactly. The receipts, yeah. And Saray asked a good question too. It, it didn't say in the article, Saray, that would the tweet be shown as edited? So like on, uh, I think on LinkedIn, if you edit a tweet, it shows that it's been edited or at least to you. I don't know if it shows it to the public. Um, but would it, would there be some indication on the tweet that it was edited? And I think that would be, that would definitely be helpful. So I think you Facebook know does there's that a too. chance. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, Facebook, I think Facebook does. It does. Too. So. Um, but that would be helpful to know that it was to at least know that it was edited in some way. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I want my my tweet history to be public to everybody. I, yeah, I <laughs> well, might have thought better of of and 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 then, then that's the thing. So if people don't get a chance to to reconsider their their opinions about things. If or it their, if their it changes that much, do another tweet, or if you need to delete the tweet. Because here's the thing: once you put it out, if somebody's looking at you like that, even if you do go back and edit it after the fact, they've got that tweet. They can see exactly what you initially wrote. We hear about it all the time oh, when yeah. somebody Screenshot tweeted something and people screenshot it and they have it, and that becomes more viral than the actual tweet was. That doesn't change. This to me is just like you made a mistake. You need to change the mistake. This gives you the ability to do it. But like I said, the concern that we had is that you're going to have someone that goes out and says X, Y, and Z, and you'll get a billion people that will retweet it and comment on it and all that kind of thing because they are actually agreeing with X, Y, and Z. But then you go edit and now it's Roman numerals one, two, and three. That's very different. So I, you know, would you want to be able to go and make that kind of edit and no one know that you've done that? I'm not down with that. But if you go and edit, no, I didn't mean X, Y, and Z. I actually meant like A, you know, you know, A period, B period, C period. I was just using them as placeholders for my list. Um, that, you know, I'm kind of okay with. I'm torn. And that's the other question too. If, if somebody, you know, if a thousand people retweeted it before you edited it, will their retweet show the edited version? I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. But with the indication that there was an edit. With an right. indication that there wasn't right. any. And this is probably why Twitter hadn't done this before now, because there's still just a lot of questions. They have hundreds of millions of users. So th- this stuff, um, I think it was, uh, is it Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google? I think that's his name, Eric mm-hmm. Schmidt. He yeah. actually had a quote that anything we do, we do at scale. Um, and having a development, but I understand that they're not just making a change that they have to worry about 10,000 customers that are going to be affected by it. They're making changes. They have to worry about earth being affected by it. Um, so when you, when you're, when you're as big as Twitter or Google or Facebook, the changes that you make aren't things that you can just, you know, make relatively quickly. They do that sometimes, which makes you wonder, okay, if you could make this change this quickly for this, how come you couldn't make that, you know, change that quickly for that? But this is something that probably requires some engineering thought and they have to just think about it. So I'm, I'm not, well, know, again, well, not again, but that I could really agree with that a hundred percent. If we were paying to use Twitter, Twitter's free. Now, I know a lot of other things have been built on top of it and people have built reputations and people have built systems. Or, whatever the case may be. But if Twitter was really like no or edit button and people complained, it's like we using it for free. So ultimately, ultimately, I think we're at the mercy with whatever Twitter decides to do. But I think Twitter knows, I think Twitter knows that, you know, a lot of they, they culturally speaking, 
you know, society even speaking wise, they have a lot of impact. So they probably just left the edit button alone just because of that fact. It's like, man, that's too much. <laughs> that's too much water. We want to. I imagine it's a lot of work. Into, Right. Yeah. We're giving y'all way too much for free. This is not. Well, there's that. Well, well here's the thing. The edit button is supposed to come to Twitter blue first. Yeah. So that is yeah. that is their subscription service. And if I'm completely honest, and that's I don't have a problem with that because the people who are paying for it should be the ones who get the, you know, get the cool features first. So I, I, don't, I really don't have an issue with that. But we're going to just, you know, move it into our second story. Let's keep on with uh, social media a little bit. So this one is huge. WhatsApp is de- is de- debuting communities. And from the article that I read, the, the Mashable article that we have linked here, it looks like they are really going, I don't want to say going after Slack, but they're giving you some Slack-like capabilities. And, 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 and uh, essentially what this is going to do is that you're going to be able to create a community that will be moderated. Um, you know, by admins of that, you can put people into these groups and then they can start having encrypted two way in the end, you know, conversations with the masses. And this to me is a huge, huge, huge story because last time I checked, WhatsApp still has north of 2 billion people using it. Active so, users. Active users. Mm-hmm. So, um, this could be huge. I can imagine that there will be communities that'll pop up that will have thousands, if not tens of thousands, maybe even more than that in it. Well, the reason why I put the story in here is because honestly, I'm not all that impressed for two reasons, because one, you can already do this in Facebook groups. WhatsApp is a subsidiary of Facebook and people use Facebook groups for this exact reason. Mm -hmm. So for WhatsApp to come around and say, ha, we have communities, which is groups by another name. You know, I'm curious to see how much hype this is going to get when it's still connected to Facebook, number one. And then um, number two, um, I mean, I can see mobile, everything going mobile, but ultimately, you know, I'd be interested to see how much, how much use uh, use case is going to get when there are all are already things away from Facebook, like Slack, like Discord, like uh, some of these other Telegram, these other ones. You know, I know there's a lot of users globally in India and Africa. And I get all that, you know, but still, this is kind of connected to Facebook. So I'm curious as to how much hype this is going to get, even though it's still its own thing, but it's kind of not. See, and that, and I felt like the one thing I, I wrote with a little asterisk, I was like, this might actually be something that works for Facebook for once oh, in a okay. while. Okay. Um, because I, I I think there's still enough of a cognitive distance uh, between WhatsApp and Facebook um, that that people don't put those two together. I, I, I just don't think people do. I think mm-hmm. there were so many people already using WhatsApp, to Rob's point, 2 billion active users um, on the platform, 100 billion messages a day get sent back and forth across this platform. So I, I think what WhatsApp users and, and WhatsApp, the WhatsApp community, you know, no, no pun intended, is their own entity still, mm-hmm. even as a, even as they fall under, you know, Meta's umbrella. I still don't think enough people make that connection, you know, subconsciously or consciously for it to say, well, I don't want to deal with another Facebook product like that. I think just by sheer volume, um, the, the number of people that use this platform that would benefit from these new features in this community would be like, oh, snap, now I could do because like, you know, people didn't abandon that platform when Facebook finally bought them because, you know, this is a way that 
you know, individuals all around the world like have to communicate. This is like for some people, you know, in some countries, this is the only way they communicate and can message one another. So, you know, WhatsApp was able to really maintain their their user integrity, even with all of the negative press that comes with being, you know, a, a Facebook, you know, subsidiary. So I think having adding these features is really gonna you know, appeal to a lot of those users on that platform. And, and you know, Slack might get a little run for his money. I don't know. So <laughs> you, you nailed the head. The, 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 you, you nailed. You hit the nail on the head with saying that a lot of people kind of, they, they don't look at WhatsApp as being part of Facebook. Um and, and it's, it's true. Like, I mean, no, but you don't really think yeah, about it's it. like, it's or, or you just don't care because the app, the app works mm-hmm. very, very well. It does. It does what it does very, very, very well. Yep. Um, do you use it, Steph? Do you use WhatsApp? Not really. I mean, I so, have an account, so, and, but I, I have friends that, you know, have family in Africa and different stuff like that that so use it. As do I. I have family. I have family in the UK and this is what they use. They, you know, mm-hmm. they actually, you know, WhatsApp is the default for many carriers outside of an actual SMS app in the UK. So this is an app that I use for that. But I'm also, I have a lot of folks who use it here that are various groups. You know, Terrence and I are in a group that there is something said in that group darn near every day uh, that uh, we go back and forth with. So when it comes to WhatsApp Messenger, until just relatively recently, it was probably the tool that I use most for sending messages um, just because most of my family is on it and I'm not really a big text messenger, you know, type person anyway. So the folks that I'm generally messaging are my immediate family members. And because this person uses an Android and this person uses an iPhone, and this person uses an iPhone, and this person uses an Android to get the best quality. Everybody just used WhatsApp because everybody has it and yeah. it just works. So what I think you're going to see here with uh, this happening, 2 billion users, they're going to get Slack like communities, uh, you know, um, Slack like groups without having to go to another application. Because one of the another big things of trying to get somebody to use slack is getting somebody to use slack once they're on it it's not a, it's, you know it's not a thing but it's actually can i get you to go get yet another messaging platform to use this is that it's just kind of built in people are going to use it because it is it is the default it's what they already, already have using the app anyway. so it may well, not be need them to I just need them to watch their mouths when they talking all crazy about facebook i'm like but yet but in still, <laughs> here you are on WhatsApp and Instagram talking cash crazy about Facebook. Absolutely. <laughs> but I think, you know, WhatsApp has just done a great job, though, you know, maintaining their sort of distance and keeping that end to end encryption, you know, as, as a priority and, and, and that whole thing. So and like I said, they just had they were already too too big to fail, if you will. They already had so many users that there just was no way that all of those people were going to migrate somewhere else just because they were now, you know, part of Meta. So for me, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because, uh, you know, Stephanie, you said it. I'm kind of wondering. I'm, th- I, I, I'm wondering what I would do. What if Elon Musk buys Twitter? There's no replacement for Twitter. There, There's no, no replacement for not Twitter. Right now. Not right yeah. now. So, uh, clearly they just didn't start working on this today. Uh, well, so but, you know, is this something define- that could potentially replace that? And I don't mean to belabor the story any longer, but define replacement. There are options to Twitter, but I think what drag people into Twitter is the fact that everybody is on Twitter and that yeah. is like the main hub for getting news and people are attracted to what everybody is already attracted to. I'm glad you make that 
clarification because th- that that is actually what I mean. I, there are absolutely other platforms that can do exactly what Twitter can do, and many of them can actually do it better than what Twitter can do. I'm talking about what is the default that Earth uses for news. That is Twitter. Right. There isn't a replacement mm-hmm. for that. So it's like, ah, do I want to get off of this platform? It's going to be interesting. I might just have to fall back, you know what I mean, and just kind of take a wait and see approach. Uh, but I, I, I definitely feel like my Twitter use will be greatly diminished um, just because I, I, I'm not going to want to, you know, or, or, or I'm just going to have to go back in and like curate the hell out of my feed and my followers. And, and just cause I, I I'm not going to want to see what Twitter is going to become under Elon Musk. So I'm, it's, it's going to have to be, you know, real horse blinders, you know what I mean? And like, like, you know, maybe I'll miss the, the call for the revolution, but you know, a lot of people going to have to get shut out and, and I'm just not going to want to have that kind of nonsense, you know, infecting my psyche uh, on my Twitter feed. The, the one drawback that I do see with, uh, you know, this type of application. And, and this is, this is the case for everything is that we're already so polarized and everybody kind of has their own camp. So you'll have two billion folks, two billion plus folks on WhatsApp and are now creating their own individual groups. So it's just another way that, it, you know, you can just talk Basically. to the people who are down with what you're down with and you don't ever hear any other opinions. You don't ever hear any other ideas, just more <laughs> echo chambers and more silos, but that's not a, What's that problem? That's just a social media problem and just the way that the world is going right it's now. It's a societal, societal yeah, yeah, societal yeah, issue. Yeah, right. But, uh, but yeah, this would help it. That being said, I'm interested to see because like I said, I am a heavy user of WhatsApp. It, you know, like I said, I think just recently, um, the Google messages RCS app, just because it actually works, um, is what I use most at this point. But, uh, WhatsApp is probably a very, very close second. Mm-hmm. So y'all keep, keep and, I'm okay. and I'm okay with silos. <laughs> so <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> you stay safe in a silo. Over there with all that. <laughs> so last social media story we're going to talk about. It sometimes Stephanie, I think that it should just be like you know the stuff you do with till death do we tweet should honestly be required material for sixth to eighth graders. Do um, you just learn this in middle school? <laughs> Um, about internalize this, please. So, so yeah, tell us why you shouldn't be going bankrupt and putting all your business out on Instagram. It, it, because they gonna come get you. <laughs> so basically, uh, Young Buck, who was down with Fifty Cent at one point, apparently, um, filed for bankruptcy, and you know, then on social media started posting pictures of his motorcycles and just flossing basically. His grills, his watches, his chains. All all that stuff. All that stuff. Claimed none of it. (laughs) Well he he had made he he owed he owed fifty cent wow, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a in a personal loan. He was making payments of five hundred dollars a month to a bankruptcy Mm. trustee um in court. And did not disclose any of these assets that he is out there, you know, putting on the gram, the gold grills, cash app donations, all this other stuff. Um, and, and, you know, the, the U.S. court is like, yo, what's, what's going on? We need to look into this a little bit further. And, and it was just a real quick, you know, additional reminder to people that, you know, the digital footprint you create 
can come back and kick you in the butt. <laughs> Hence the title of my book. Um, and, and it's just like, oh, you know, I don't think people really give that stuff enough thought and enough consideration when they're putting it out there because you're in the moment. You're just trying to, you know, get them clicks and them likes and get that engagement going. Um, but you forgot, oh, snap. I had filed for bankruptcy that time and they might be looking at that kind of thing. You know, same goes for people that are trying to get bank loans or mortgages or different stuff like that. You know, you're, you're, you're claiming this, this hardship and that you need this money, but yet you might be posting a stack of money at the strip club or something on the, on the gram. Now these, these institutions are looking. That I think that's the point I I wanted this story. And that's what I was going to challenge you. These institutions are absolutely using social media as another tool to determine your credit worthiness and your, your, your loan worthiness and, and your, your bank worthy, like all of that. They're using these, these, these platforms as a tool for that. So, you know, just don't be stupid. Well, so, so there's, and I wanted to challenge you on this a little bit. Because there's a, there's a difference between stupidity and ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. I think the, your target audience for your message and yeah. the things you want to preach, I think target people who are otherwise ignorant that do not understand the relationship to the things they put out on social media and how that can affect your life personally. Yes. Correct. This is. <laughs> Stupidity, <laughs> yes, because cats like him and a lot of people know good I and God don't that, well. I don't, I, I don't think we do. Mm-mm. Even as adults, this, this dude, I don't think we always dude, do understand that connection of your digital footprint. I, I think, think people do. I think people know and they assume on your second point that you made that people aren't watching. I think a lot of people assume, like these rappers, mm-hmm. since he's a rapper, we can talk about rappers, right? A lot of these rappers will get, get on their songs and say, I shot this, I robbed this, I did this, and I did the third, and not, and just assume that the police clearly can't, uh, listen to the rap and say, Oh, he did what? Take notes. Yeah. Oh, he did what? Take notes. So I think that carries into Social media, these guys will get on, or these people, not just guys, women too, will get on social media and post crazy things and say, oh, well, that's just social media. You know, they can't tie this back to me and this get to me personally. Well, they can, they can but not they because are. they, and, but not because they wasn't aware. I think they were aware and just said, let me roll these dice anyway, because I'm trying to get these tweets off. Well, for anybody who, you know, didn't know before now, (laughs) your digital footprint follows you all around the web. It could kick you in the butt uh, at any point in time. So, you know, you just have to assume that anything you do, post, say, tweet, you know, whatever is, is fair game. Anything from a private account, from a public account. Once you put it out there, you, you've put it out there and, and it's subject to whatever kind of scrutiny people can have of it. Period. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on this one, Stephanie, because I, I kid you not, I just recently had a conversation with a, a family member who basically they, they got pwned. They, they, they gave their <laughs> email address and their password to their Instagram account away to a you know a scammer now in their mind 
they believed that they were hacked. No, you weren't hacked when you actually gave them the, the, your credentials because you thought you were going to get like a $500 prize or something like that. Oh, they took your oh, stuff over man. and now yeah, see not, what, not and it's like, easy, and it's like, and and it's like, this, this is someone who you wouldn't think would do this. And it's like, I, I, I just didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know that they could do that. And it's like, this is one where they didn't really do it. You kind of did it to yourself, but people yourself. just don't know. This is someone who grew up using computers. This is, you know, they've never not had them. They've, they've, you know, had phones since they were, you know, uh, you know, probably high, you know, in high school. So this is not someone who is, you know, I wouldn't say naive to this stuff, <laughs> but it's just like, if you don't know, sometimes you just don't know. And I think that, there's people just don't realize when you put this stuff out there, it is out there forever. Uh, you, you cannot bring that back. Not to, not to, not to get on your, your family. Tears <laughs> is like, nah, F that. Y'all no, <laughs> but I'm saying the, the, the reward of doing this thing in their mind was greater than the risk. If something happens, I'm going to give this information because I'm going to get this in return. Not thinking, well, if I get my information away, it's all going to come crashing yeah. down. They say, if I, all I got to do is, and I think people weigh, I, I think, think people sit little, there, there yeah, do the math. In, in this and case, the dice. I talked to this person, um, you know, for probably 10, 15 minutes yesterday. Uh, tr- you know, there's really nothing I could do to help you, but they didn't think there was a risk. They didn't think there was never a thought that I'm doing something that could be giving someone my information. They were just Mm -hmm. trusting to someone on the internet because they thought when I went up, when I went and looked at it, it looked, it looked legit. It just wasn't. I mean, you know, you know, these folks are really good at what they do, which is why, you know, we keep saying it's like, no, (laughs) don't give your credentials away. People, you know, to, to this story here, uh, young buck, I think some people, feel like they don't care um and whatever happens happens i yeah. think there is some you know but i but i i do believe mm. that there are some grown ass adults out there mm. that just haven't thought about i mean yeah. i just i see it all the time and i and i talk to people all the time that just it just literally has not occurred to them like oh well but you know and, and especially you know somebody like somebody who is a public figure like young buck should should know better Especially who's been in the game for as at long least as his game. lawyer should know and better. He should, he should know. Somebody he should know better. Yeah. I will give you. I will give you him. He should absolutely know better. But like just a just your average adult who may only have three hundred followers on a platform, or or you know think that they only could because they only really interact with their family and friends and with people they know you know directly that those are the only people that are going to see the stuff that they do. Those people really don't have much of a clue about how things go viral and, 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 and the, the, the viral nature of the internet and the fact that it, you know, even though you only had a hundred followers, now this is out here to, to the world basically. And now you got to deal with it. So a lot of people just really don't pay attention. They don't pay attention to it, which, you know, I think falls, you know, just over the line into the ignorance category as opposed to the, you know, stupid category. I'm, I'm going to just leave this story with this. If you have declared bankruptcy, get off of <laughs> social media. Off just get well, off yeah. Instagram. Just, just get off. That's all. Just that's get all. off. <laughs> but general, I'm not. I've never declared bankruptcy. But if I declare bankruptcy, you're supposed to be <laughs> on the low. 
I thought the whole point of declaring bankruptcy was I ain't got nothing. I ain't going to turn around and tell people I got it. Right. Right. That ego. That ego. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, y'all. So Take the lesson, we, we to that part of the show now. I'm excited. I'm excited because we got a guest. This is two weeks in a row we've had a guest. So Jeremy Butler is the creator and founder of Savage Kingdom, a collection of unique hand-drawn beast-like NFTs known as savages. As a creative professional with over 15 years experience with startups, nonprofit and for-profit organizations, Jeremy has a passion for solving problems and telling visually compelling stories through web and video experiences. Tech John audience. Allow us to introduce Jeffrey Butler. Jeremy, J- Jeremy Butler. Butler. My man, Jeremy. So we was, we was talking about this uh, earlier in the green room. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the family. I'm so glad to get you on. So folks, I, I got to just tell this story. So Jeremy and I crossed paths probably first time four or five years ago. And we had a couple of, uh, uh, you know, um, Facebook messenger conversations, you know, talking about tech stuff. And then like, you know, just kind of, kind of fell away. And all of a sudden, I don't know, probably a month or two, you know, it's probably two months ago, two months ago, he just happened to post, you know, a, a scripture. I was like, yeah, I'm really feeling that right now. So I replied to his Facebook post. So he just, I don't know, probably a week after that reached, I was like, man, I ain't talked to you in years. What's, what's been going on? And, you know, just, you know, just asking you how it was, this is all through uh, Facebook. So we kind of, you know, reconnected. And then what that did, the, the algorithm does this thing. It put, it put me back on to seeing regular posts that he's putting up. So I found out this bra is all into NFTs. I know who's going to be a guest because I need somebody to come on and help do some explaining. So Jeremy, if you, if you haven't listened to enough shows to know, we get guests on here because we have questions that we like to answer for ourselves. And often, oftentimes we think those questions will be apropos to our audience. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, once again, welcome you to the show. Glad you're on and uh, we can get into a conversation about some NFTs because I, I got questions. <laughs> Yo, thank you so much for having me on brother tech. Tech Life, Steph and Rob, man. Uh, and uh, you, you said Jeffrey, so it, it's all good. Now I'm messing with you. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I look forward to like connecting with y'all and, you know, just kind of seeing where it goes. So my first question is, um, because I was actually reading an article, I think Friday last week, 
where, uh, you know, an economist do, uh, I believe this is a guy that wrote the book Black Swan in I think 2010. Uh, he also predicted the 2007, 2008 housing bubble. His name is Nassam Nicholas Tlaib. And he actually put a tweet out and it says the NFT thingy is, and I like how he said that the NFT thingy is starting to burst. All you need is higher interest rates for things to make no sense to start making no sense, <laughs> which is kind of a cool tweet. And then he says, like, you know, you look at Jack Dorsey, we've probably all heard of this. Jack Dorsey's first tweet sold for $2.9 million, and now it's on auction for like 18000 So he's saying that the bubble is burst. I don't think it is because I think in order for there to be a bubble, you have to have massive amounts of people doing stuff. And we are all tech folks, and we still ain't really sure what NFTs are, how they work, why people do what they do with them. That's why you all here, uh, Jeremy, to come and let us know. So can you first question, can you just explain what an NFT is. Yeah, so I, I actually explain it uh, in two different ways, right? Uh, number one, it's the concept or the... So I'm an 80s baby, right? So I grew up in the 80s, grew up in Texas, grew up in Cali. Uh, one of the things we did was we collected pogs, we collected baseball cards, we collected basketball cards, Garbage we had skybox players, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The whole nine. And uh, if you take that concept of being able to buy tradable cards, right? Because one of the things we would do is not just like to look at this 89 Jordan, you know, Skybox card or whatever it was, right? It was also the the idea of when we would get together with, with our crew, with our friends, we would make trades, <laughs> right? You were like, yo, I got the Elijah one. Okay. What, what do you, okay. I got the Robinson. And so we would, we would, we would do trading, right? And so if you take that same concept of, um, something that you can put in your hand that you buy at the store that your mom buys at the store you put in your hand and then um, you're able to evaluate the rarity of that basketball card we're just going to stick with basketball obviously uh, a Jordan rookie card because of its rarity would probably be more than Jordan five years into the league right and so uh, if you take that same concept and you transfer it to a digital arena, it's the same principle, right? If you understand what the blockchain is, and I know we like don't have enough time to like truly jump into what the blockchain is, but a digital asset simply is something that lives on the blockchain, which is an NFT. So an NFT, an NFT can be described as a digital asset that lives on the blockchain. So yeah, so, it's, it's a digital asset that lives on the blockchain. It goes up and down in value based upon what's happening behind the scenes. So you talk about you in your analogy, you just you just said that, you know, the basketball card was this thing that you can hold in your hand. Um, and NFT, I don't think is that. What do you actually get when you purchase an <laughs> NFT? So I, I think uh, if I if I hear you correctly, you're referring to the utility or the use case of an NFT, right? Meaning if you mint or purchased an NFT, what do you as the holder of that NFT uh, receive? The main NFT uh, use case that you see today is what's called a PFP, right? It's what Odell Beckham Jr. has in his profile. It's what Dez Bryant has. It's what all of these uh, athletes and celebrities have. That's your basic um, NFT, which is PFP, and it stands for... Uh, picture for proof. That's the basic use case. Now, there are additional use cases. Like, for example, um, if 
let's just say we were to build a partnership with Starbucks, like right? So Savage Kingdom connects with you know the head of Starbucks in Texas. We're able to build a relationship with them, a partnership, and we say, for example, everyone who purchases our Savage Kingdom NFT will receive Starbucks of the year, like a free cup of Starbucks every day for the for the rest of the year, right? What what that then does is that gives me access um, to getting this really really unique thing from Starbucks that only I have access to, right? right? The only thing that I have to do on my end is show proof of ownership. Like, so there are a million different types of utilities and use cases behind NFTs, but the main one no, that no, everyone I, sees today I, is I, a, that, is I get that, and that was that was going to yeah. be one of my next questions. Like, what can what can we use this for? And that that's a great use case. But 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 like literally, yeah, yeah. like I like explain it to me like I'm five. I buy this NFT. Maybe I get this tiny little, you know. Uh, PFP. sort of JPEG mm-hmm. thing that did oh, the no. PFP, yeah. the yeah, yeah. Little proof of pi- <laughs> picture, proof of picture, whatever. Um, I, what what do I? What else do I actually get that 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 um establishes proof. my ownership right. of of this item? Yeah. Like, I I heard something about I've read something about you get the meta, you actually hold the metadata that connects to the blockchain or like whatever you know. Like, what do I have besides this little picture? that tell somebody that I hold this NFT um, and nobody else. So let me, let me, let me ask you this question. Um, do you own stock or do you own bonds or do you own anything? Of I that do. Nature? Mm-hmm. Yes. So when, when you purchase a stock, right, when you look at a fund and you say, oh, the 2045 fund looks amazing, right? You purchase that. What did you get in return? Uh the knowledge that I had it. I mean, I, but I could, but I could get a stock certificate. Like that would be the stock certificate would be the proof of ownership. I mean, I have, I think, I don't know how that works that you write to that company or whatever to, to, to request that. But if my understanding of the stock market is correct, you could get issued a stock certificate that says you own one share or however many shares of this thing. And it's just a so, piece of paper, but and I yeah. get that. And like I said, if 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 owning an NFT is just having a piece of paper, I'm cool with that. I'm just trying to understand what that thing is. Yeah, no, fair. And I, I think in order for you to own an NFT, it has to live on a blockchain, right? Right. And so, uh, what what a lot of people do these days is um, they remain anonymous, right? So you don't necessarily know who's buying it on on the receiving end mm-hmm. um but in order for you to purchase for the most part now there are services out there like crossmint etc but for you to purchase an nft it has to live on the blockchain okay um and in order for right so once you purchase it um uh oh we're having some technical difficulties. He was just about to drop that He's nugget to too. <laughs> the internet does I'm not want like, to know. I don't even know. I'm like, I, so, I just, I, it well, just seems like such a dang. simple concept. I'm like, what do I get? I just so, need to know what I get. So uh, you, you want to you cut out there, Jeremy? Well, well, well he comes. Well, Jeremy comes back in. Um, I want to uh, say this. I've heard somebody say before that if you think of the blockchain kind of like the title agency. Or you think of it as the, the county auditor who, you know, where, where you can go, well, who owns this house? Well, where do you go to find out who owns the house? Um, right. I can say I own it, but how do you actually prove that you own the house? 
So if you think of the county auditor as the blockchain, they have Mm -hmm. a record. They've got a document that says that I own this thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that when we're thinking about, uh, you know, NFTs, that's how they were in this particular case, when we're talking about, uh, you know, you know, specifically for a, uh, you know, for a digital asset, you know, like, like a piece of artwork, uh, who owns like it? Well, you go to, stock. you go to the, you I, go to the title agency. I, and the title I totally, agency, I totally yeah. get that. But what do I have in right. my possession? Right. That so for instance, I'm the to, owner of this. And I, if I have it, when I have them, I just paid my car off last year. I mm-hmm. have that title. In my possession, I have that piece of paper with my name on it and my car, make, model, whatever. I, I have that title in my possession right now. And when maybe I a buy bit. the NFT, what is in my possession that says right. I'm the owner of this NFT? And, and that's I, what better, I'm trying to, that's the question I'm to trying piggy, to answer. To piggyback on Stephanie's uh, question, maybe a better way to frame it is how do I access the thing that I own, like That's say the for instance, of that. Absolutely. right, right. So if I purchase, you know, a Savage Kingdom piece, and I get the PFP, which is like the 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 visual proof that I have it. Right. Say right. I want to to take to take Rob's case uh, uh, about NFTs a couple of weeks ago. He mentioned, you know, you could take this NFT if it's a piece of artwork. Buy a huge 65 inch, 75 inch TV monitor, right? Get that digital piece of art and then put it on the wall and maybe it'd be a gallery. If you own five or six Mm -hmm. of them, it kind of scrolls every 20 seconds. It changes to the different pieces that you have purchased. I still need a way to be able to digitally, electronically enter this thing to get it and then actually then put it on my wall. Like for instance, an, a JPEG, a PNG, whatever the case may be, correlate that to me purchasing an NFT and then me saying, okay, I want to see the thing that I have. My, my, my thing about it, Steph, is this, is that you have digital proof that you own it, right? To do well, with well, it. What is I that proof? The proof is I, it lives in my wallet. The proof is that it shows consensus on a number of different computers, right? Um, so, so, you, so there's you some, so your so my blockchain entry is in is in a wallet that I hold. Is is that what yes. you're telling me? So explain so that's that. What, that's what I needed to know. Like I yeah. like like the like the actual thing. Like I I I I have a pretty you know rudimentary understanding of how the blockchain works. But you st- it, it, you still have to be able to say, hey, I'm Stephanie Humphrey, and that's my NFT. Because from what I understand, there's a lot of NFT theft going on right now. The security, mm-hmm. everybody's blockchain ain't as secure as everybody else's blockchain. There's a lot of stuff going on on these platforms right now. So so what do I have that I can say, no, that's my mm-hmm. NFT, you know, and, and that it can be now verified because the, the, the transaction mm-hmm. gets logged on the blockchain. But how do I go back? And, and, and how does that continually be verified? What do I own that mm-hmm. allows me to go back to that position on the blockchain to say, right. that's my NFT? It, the fact that you have, you, I think you alluded to this earlier in, um, in the show, right? You, you talked about a digital footprint, right? Mm-hmm. Now the digital footprint shows that this specific NFT, whatever that NFT is, right? Like you can also, 
tokenized like real world assets, which is a mm-hmm. totally another uh, conversation that I we probably won't have time to jump into yet. Um, but the digital footprint shows that this thing that I purchased from XYZ or from whoever, whether it was on OpenSea, whether it was on Magic Eaton, wherever, wherever it was, now lives with me. Now, what I choose to do with that, let's just say someone, just, let's just say it's a huge brand or enterprise or organization that decides, hey, this is dope. We really love the artwork and we're going to use it however we please. Now, because I own the rights to the NFT, I can then put them in a position to where if you're going to use my stuff, right? Because theft happens everywhere. You can't stop theft at the end of the day. Like if someone really wants your stuff, they're going to use your stuff. I think we all know that as tech people. Well, that's um, the whole point of the. I yeah. think that was the whole, you know, thing about NFTs in the first place. Like I can right click and save image on, on anything on the internet pretty much. But, you know, I still am trying to understand is do I own an NFT? Do I have an NFT wallet that belongs to me where there is yeah. some type of Explain that process in the wallet right. that designates that I'm the owner of this NFT? Like, like right. I said, there's some sort of like right. from, from what I've been able to ascertain, there's some sort of metadata or something yeah. that links me as the owner to the blockchain. And I'm just trying to verify or, or, or sort of validate that with you that that's actually what I am in possession of that says I own this thing. Yeah, so um, I know uh, I'm going to get to you, uh, Steph. And I, I'm sorry I've been dying. Like, no, I, you're this good. Been such a, this, such a, a thing good. in my crawl no. since this whole She always has exploded. the most questions when we have guests. This, this is nothing new. This is nothing it's new. It's all good. So, <laughs> so, like a we can definitely well, no, I'm, I'm just going to say this because I said you can almost look at the blockchain like your county auditor. So if I have the deed to a house, um, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I can stand out in front of my house and tell somebody I own this house, but how can they verify that? Mm-hmm. Um, I can show them a deed to the house, but they can, well, that's fake. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't trust what you're showing me. Where can I go verify this? Well, there is the county auditor. Well, if, if you look at them as the blockchain, they can go to the county auditor. They're going to look at what's the address. Oh, yes. Based on our records, this is who owns this particular piece of property. I think that when we're talking about NFTs for how uh, Savage Kingdom uses them, um, where there are, you know, digital pieces of artwork, uh, that are, uh, you know, um, that are, you can show ownership based off the blockchain. It's kind of the same way. You're going to the county auditor and it says this account owns this asset. And that's where your proof is. And it's basically, as long as there are multiple nodes that have agreed to that, you know, it's a, we, we can, we're not going to get into the math. That would take years to do. Uh, but, but basically the, the math that happens on the blockchain, you're going to have multiple nodes that all say, okay, yeah, we, we all accept this, uh, you know, as the state of what is. Right. And you can go there and actually verify who owns this or which I should say what account actually owns this. What, you know, what, what link into that blockchain actually is the owner of this particular asset. Am I am I is is that a good analogy for how this could work? Yeah, I think so. I think you so, dude, right my one last question. My one last question. So I, okay. I just looked up something real quick and it and it says that when you buy an NFT, you buy the token that represents the item. So in that token, there's a little bit of uh it's a small file that has like a URL and a serial number and some other so where what am I where's that token? Right. And how do I access it? If I how do I access the token? So I have an NFT wallet that has this token in it. And then I can go to my wallet and sell the token to someone else and now they're the official owner of the NFT. 
That is correct. Uh, okay. That's what so, she was getting. So to I me. own a token. So we, yes. we did all of this to say <laughs> that I own a token in a in a digital wallet <laughs> with the information of the 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 location on the blockchain and the serial number of the item. Yes. So right. I'm so, so somebody spent two million dollars on a token. <laughs> Oh, Yo, check this out. First people, tweet. <laughs> here's the thing though, right? People, people, people jump into NFTs for different reasons, right? Some people, some people do jump into it because they want to flip something really fast and really mm-hmm. quick. Some people jump into it because they love the art. Some people jump into it because they love the community and the nostalgia of, oh, I remember back in my heyday, this is how we used to do trading cards. So it's different reasons right. and different types of people, um, that, all use NFTs for different types of things. So, so you know, so one of the questions. One, go ahead. Right. So one one of the things that I want to that I want to start doing is, and this is one of the reasons why we have you on there. You have some dope artwork over at Savage Kingdom. Oh, <laughs> it's like I mean, it's it's straight up. We're gonna link. We're gonna put all kind of links to it in the show notes. So those who are listening, uh, you you will be able to uh, you know go you know come look at our show notes. Take you know and, and go look at what you can uh, you know some of the things you can get over Savage NFT <laughs> but, or Savage Kingdom rather. But it's it's like some dope artwork that you guys have come up with uh, over there. So uh, you know we've talked about how these things are and what these things are. You actually have a company now where people can actually go out and get some of these things, uh, you know, from your collection. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Savage Kingdom and what you guys are doing over there? Yeah, no, I think I'm in my bag now. I think uh, Steph had me shook up a little bit and I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. Hold on. <laughs> tell me, tell me. I've been, I've been set up. Yeah. And without the, to not belabor the point, I think, you know, uh, that's the common the, the common issue is like people yeah. like, you know, you, Jeremy, you are visionaries and you see the vision and, right. you know, you, you, you know, you, you're truly believing in the fact that the way we do things now, centralized government banks, yada, 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 we can do it without them. So we want to make sure that we're expressing this thing. Right. right. And then, yeah. you know, people, newbies like us, me, Stephanie, Rob are coming in like, all right. I just I see the vision, <laughs> but at the same time, I ain't trying to get played. So right. break it down right. using the token? current things that we know. How do you break that? And then how do you explain it to where, okay, now I see the vision. I think that's the, the whole breakdown, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you look, man, this stuff is, uh, I was actually kind of reluctant to jump into the NFT business. You know what I'm saying? Because yo, like I, I jumped into crypto in 2016. And I had, uh, I had, a, I have one of those glory stories, one of those like shoulda, coulda, woulda type of, I wish I could have done something different type of stories. I had 130,000 XRP. Um, some of your listeners may know or what that is or whatever. It's oh, a, I break it cool. down to us because oh, I do know what that is. Right. That's a, um, is it just a, a different type of crypto from Bitcoin yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, whatever? And he yeah. had a grip of it. <laughs> I had a, I had, had a, a I had a, had a lot of them and. I sold all hundred and thirty thousand for fifteen hundred dollars. What? Listen, because that's Bruh. how much they were at the time, and I was like, I need this little bread. Like, I'm gonna get yeah, back yeah, to it. Listen, I understand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back to it. Um, and then a year later, no lie, it went up to like three dollars and twenty cent in XRP, and I was like, dang, that was like four hundred grand. And um, I'm I'm tripping. I was bitter Bruh. for about six months, and then I woke up and I said, you know what? <laughs> I would still be feeling some kind of way about that. I I don't. Let me tell you why. 
because in 2017, in 2018, uh, 2019, 2020, all I did was load up. I bought any and everything that I could. Right. And, um, you know, we were talking about Easter uh, a little earlier. God is good. So, all the time. All the time. so um, what, what happened is, you know, I was I was placed in this really fortunate position. And I said, this this crypto thing has really changed my life. Literally, it's been life changing. I'm not saying like I'm just balling and killing the game, but I got a little more than what I had. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped in to the NFT space because I saw how this artwork was taken off. And then I saw some of the scammy stuff that was taken off and how people were getting their money stolen. And then I kind of put, for me, I kind of put two and two together. It was like, I love this art and I want to be able to show people what crypto and what NFTs are all about, right? And so mm-hmm. circling back full circle to Savage Kingdom, like for 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 me, it was about how do we inject culture? Um, how do we inject some of the stuff that that me and my crew grew up loving from, you know, the samurai movies that we watched with the mouths that weren't really syncing up with the, you know, with the words to the awful dubbing, <laughs> all of it, right? To to you know, hip hop to Biggie to pop to all these different. Look, Stephanie got that Wu Tang shirt on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I. I figured it was off of the culture, so I wore my uh, <laughs> I wore my culture shirt as well because I was like, no you know, I got a rep, and so that's kind of kind of how we came up with the concept with the artwork. It was taking all these different pieces from how we grew up and really kind of kind of mixing that with financial literacy. So for us, it's more than just yeah, it's a, it's a it's a photo, but it represents a movement. It represents an ideology. It represents a concept. That basically says you need to own your financial future. You need to you need to own what you have. You need to own where you are, and you need to figure out ways to push forward financially. And so, um, you know, I, I can't really give financial advice because I work for a financial company, and it would be a conflict of interest, which is crazy. Um, but they know what I'm doing. You know, I had to go through compliance to get all this kind of kind of um, taken care of, and so. Once the compliance piece was was taken care of with the companies that I worked for, for me, it was about assembling a team and really trying to get our message out, really trying to make sure that that we have representation in this space. Because, yes, it's a lot of money being made. Like, you know, when a tweet sells for two point five million dollars or whatever that number is, um, that let look, I'll go back. I'll take it a step further back um, when when L.A. can pay LeBron James one hundred and fifty four million dollars for four years. That lets me know that people have money to spend mm-hmm. and they want to spend it on value. So mm-hmm. is there something that we can create in the NFT space that creates value for people that love, that lets people want to be a part of a movement and then really kind of like an organization, if you will, um, that they can be proud of, that they can know that, yo, it's it's because it's not a lot of black NFT led projects in the space. You know, um, I, 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 I feel very proud. To be a black founder, I feel very, very proud to to teach people about some of the financial basics because, again, the number of people that this space attracts is a lot, but the number of people who don't understand it is just as as right. crazy. And then the number of people who jump in when the market is real high, only for it to tank fifty percent, and then they scream that it's a scam, and it's like, no, fam, like. 
you wrote the train when it was at the very top. Of course, it was going to be a pullback, you know. So um, that's why we created our 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 uh, our collection to kind of teach people the basics of crypto and, and finances. So you call it a project. I say, I know I said I ain't had no more questions, but I, I, this is just one. And this is, you know, not going to be too, I hope it won't be too hard. Um, you call it a the Savage Kingdom project. Would you, would you liken it more to an kind of an art gallery where you curate artists and, you know, sort of facilitate the sale of their, of their artwork? Uh, maybe an educational art gallery because you are also, uh, providing crypto NFT, you know, literacy. Or is it more of a of a marketplace where you just provide the platform um, and and then, you know, creators of color can, you know, come from far and wide to, to take advantage of the platform to, to make their own trades and, and sell, you know, their own products as NFTs or, or a combination of both. Or to a third one, are you uh, providing a community to where people who are members, i.e. people who have purchased, traded, whatever the case may be, you know, Savage Kingdom pieces, are you then giving them, because you mentioned it earlier, access to, quote, perks, um, experiences that other people who are not members that don't own Savage Kingdom NFTs won't be privy to? Man, those are those are great questions. Let me address uh, Steph, and then I come to you, brother Zach. Um, so, we originally started our mint, basically giving people the opportunity to purchase our NFT back in February. Um, and this space again, it's interesting, right? Because you run into some strange creatures, man, and that's the best phrase that I can <laughs> that I can come up with. You run into some crazy people, you run into some really wild personalities. And, you know, some of those people will say, yo, if you don't sell out within 24 hours, then you missed it. Right. Um, you know, and again, because that's that's the hype around it. Right. We all know right. it's a lot of hype, you know, and, and if you don't catch that hype train, your project is dead. Well, I've seen projects that really push hype. And after after they made, say, two or three hundred, four hundred grand they disappear or they don't come out with any additional things that are on their roadmap. Right. Um, so for us, we started, Smash and grab, basically. Absolutely. Right. And I wanted to make sure that we, we steered clear of that because one, one of the biggest things in the space for me anyways, is to be doxxed. Doxing is basically letting the world know who you are. Meaning I'm not going to hide behind this, behind this PFP. I'm not going to hide behind a pseudonym or something that's anonymous. I'm going to let you know, Hey, I'm, I'm Jeremy Butler. I work for Fidelity Investments at the moment. I have my own thing going down on the side because I believe that that allows people to build trust when they're able to see, yo, this is a real dude on the other end of this, right? And so we mentioned on our website, we allow people to purchase on our website. And then, um, just recently as of last week, we moved to a secondary market. Uh, so we moved to Magic Eden. Um, so mm-hmm. our our NFT collection is on Solana. Solana is a blockchain. It's very different than Ethereum. Similar, you know, properties and qualities yep. and different things like that. I'm not going to get into that whole crazy Cheaper. conversation. It, it is <laughs> right? Was there? Yeah, yeah I was going to ask about why you chose yeah. why you chose yeah. Solana as opposed to you know yeah. Ether or one of the I, other ones. I think Rob hit it on the head. For me, it didn't make sense for me to create this collection and then 
to try to sell this collection to the people that that I was honestly targeting because it's like, okay, you buy a hundred dollar PFP or a hundred dollar um, uh, uh, NFT, and then you spend eighty dollars on the transaction fee, and it's wow. like that in my right. mind. If I'm mm-hmm. really trying to teach people about financial literacy and financial basics, that that, that, make to no me, sense. No that sense. don't make sense, <laughs> right? So I, I figured, what's the next best thing, right? And for me. And, it, uh, and me and my team actually wrestled over this for about three weeks because obviously Ethereum has literally all of the market share, right? If I really wanted it to be a cash and grab, I would have went the Ethereum route. Uh, but it, it, it was something about, do I want to pay $80 for a transaction fee or do I want to pay $2 for a transaction fee? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it's definitely a trade-off, but I think for us in the end, it was a very strategic move. Because I'm going after people that are underrepresented. I'm going after people who are underserved, right? I'm going after people who um, uh, want to know more about this space, but don't right. don't feel comfortable putting too much skin in the game because they don't want to lose out on, yo, I live check to check, or I'm good, but I don't really know what this is, so I'm gonna stay away from it, you know, and um. So Solana was the best route for us. Okay. No, at the end of the day, $100 for the art, that's one thing. $80 for the transaction fee is like, okay, that's not pocket change money. I mean, that, that yeah. you, you might have to make a decision on whether or not you want to purchase something if it costs you $80 to purchase it. And, here, and so, here's the thing. Let's just, let's just say that you, you, you are a little riskier and you have heavier bags and you want to buy more. Right. So the more expensive the NFT is, the bigger the gas fee is. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm buying an NFT that's one ETH, let's just say three thousand dollars. Right. I'm going to spend significantly more, more than likely into hundreds of dollars more on the transaction fee um, versus, you know, it being a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paying eighty dollars for the transaction fee. So, again, it was just like I'm not to me, that's. And this is just me, right? Because everyone doesn't doesn't believe what I believe. But for me, I wanted to make sure that people were comfortable and didn't feel like they were getting scammed and ripped off, you know. And it's a lot of people of color that I know that say, "Yo, Jay, I want to I want to buy this. I just don't know how, right?" So that's mm-hmm. I, I want to know more about crypto. I just don't know where to start. And so again, it just made sense for me to be on this blockchain as well as for us to be like education educationally focused yeah you know like that's that like people perish because of a lack of knowledge like this is i believe we're in a time where if if you don't ah let me let me rephrase this because you know i don't want my i don't want my manager hitting me up and being like yo jay what was she doing (laughs) (laughs) i believe (laughs) y'all laughing i'm I'm dead serious I, i believe we're in a time and 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 i'll say this Many companies put out stats and statistics, financial companies that you can use, that you invest through, put out stats that, that talk about 2% or 10% or a quarter of, you know, uh, Americans who are male, um, have at least some part of their net worth in crypto assets. These are facts, right? And so I believe we're in a wave and we're in a movement to where, um, if, if, if you don't educate yourself on 
cryptocurrency assets, whether that's coins, tokens, or NFTs, or whatever else comes down the pipe, um, you're going to miss it. And you're going to miss an opportunity for uh, wealth transfer and wealth accumulation, period. I make I make no apologies about that statement. No, so I, for me, our mission is like super critical that you know, we teach people that this is, in my opinion, a way if you're trying to catch up or if you're trying to get ahead, this is a way that you can do that. So how would you describe your uh, um, how would you describe your product? Is it education? Is it like Stephanie mentioned? Is it a marketplace where people can come in and buy and trade? Or is it like literally like I want I like this artwork and I'm going to buy this artwork and I'm going to hold it as long as possible until it accumulates value? What would you how would you explain your product? Yeah, absolutely. I think any founder, you know, you go into business to make a profit, period. That's like business 101. And especially if you're, you're a startup. I think eventually the vision has to be how do we change people's lives and how do we sustain ourselves? How do we make money? You know what I'm saying? How do we how do we figure out how to make this thing rise in value? So, yes, to your to answer the last part of your question, I'm going to circle back to the first part. Yeah, I definitely want the value to go up. But value goes up based upon a number of different things. Right. It's it's sometimes it's no magic sauce. Right. We, we were trying to work with a guy um, at the end of last year. <laughs> Speaking of scams. We were trying to work with a guy, one of these top marketers for one of these top collections, and it just went sideways. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it just it just didn't work out. You know, he was like, yo, I, I think I can do X, Y, Z. And we vetted him. We looked at all the work and it, it just tanked. It didn't do what we wanted it to do. Um, and so we, we definitely want the collection to go up in value. And um, value can be associated with what how close um, is the team uh, in terms of like hitting the milestones and really walking people through your roadmap. For the most part, many NFT collections and projects have roadmaps that they stick close to, right? I know, you know, um, we were, y'all earlier were talking about, uh, Slack. Well, we use Discord for, for my squad, right? Like Discord is, is kind of like the main thing in the NFT collection community or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to hit our milestones for, for us. We're not creating a secondary market like that's not in my plans. I, I have no desire for a secondary market, especially if there are marketplaces that already exist and they um, they have the developers, they have, you know, uh, investments, they have all these different things that I don't personally have at the moment. It just makes sense for me to use their platform. But for me, it's we want people to enjoy and love the artwork. And um, the main thing that we're focusing on is financial literacy. We do have some things down the road, like we want to eventually create a game, you know, like that's something dear to me where um, that's another use case of, you know, um, uh, or utility aspect of our NFT collection, where we're going to give people the opportunity to do certain things in the game that allows your um that allows your NFT to go up in value. I don't want to give like too much of the secret sauce away, but there are current games that exist right now that allow people to buy different things on the blockchain, right? To increase the value of their NFT. And then, you know, if they decide to sell it, they can sell it. If they decide to, yeah, I don't want to sell it. I want to keep it forever because you do get those people as well. Like, you know, 
you get the Michael Saylors, <laughs> if y'all know who Michael Saylor is, you get the Michael Saylors of the NFT community that say, I am never going to sell this. Like I, I follow some board eight people um, and they're like, yo, I'm not going to sell this. And I'm like, shoot, half a million dollars. You out your mind. <laughs> well, so, but, the, but then that, you, that, that brings up another point. Uh, yes. Saray actually in our chat mentions valuation of collectible works has always been a collective subjective game. Yeah. I focusing on collective, right? The board mm-hmm. ape thing, they have a community, a collective of people who believe so much in this product Absolutely. that they would keep it and hold it because of the, the cachet that comes along yeah. with being a part of that community. So you can see them not only spending all this money to buy these, you know, portraits or whatever, but you'll see them lined up around the corner at an event that's just for them. Yeah. Right. Now we may call it that's silly or whatever the case may oh, be. Oh, I love it. Right. Right. So, I mean, and that kind of gets to my ultimate question is like, what do you envision? I mean, of course you can't, you're not a, yeah. you know, a, a soothsayer, you know, you, you can't see the future, but ultimately what do you think in addition to what you're trying to do? What do you think will be like the ultimate use case yeah. for an NFT or just, uh, uh, yeah, just, we'll, t- we'll just leave it with NFTs. Yeah. How do you see the, how do you see people using them ultimately? If, if not, you know, of course you're trying I, to push your way of, uh, yeah, you know, sure. your product, you know, how do you see people ultimately doing it? Is it a community? Is it a thing? Is it artwork? What, what, how do you see people ultimately I, using them? I honestly think, man, this is the tip of the iceberg, right? Okay. I think the biggest thing again that we're seeing these days are the headshots, are the, are the profile photos, you know what right. I'm saying? Are the, yo, if you go to Odell Beckham's, you know, uh, uh, Instagram page, you're going to see a dead fella. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how much they paid them to <laughs> to rep that, but I ain't got that kind of dead fellow money. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, that's the main utility and use case. I do think as um, time goes on, there will be dozens, dozens of more use cases. I mean, when you when you look at um, I was speaking with the with the dude uh, probably a couple of months ago, man, and, and they're incorporating NFTs into clothing, which I'm like, how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, um, for uh, a, another use case that I was actually um, see, I was prepping before this because I figured this was going to come <laughs> up. Another use case is uh, Coachella. I don't know if y'all heard about that, right? So, uh, Coachella recently uh, sold ten tickets, ten lifetime tickets as NFTs. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's insane. Like, do you think about if you love music? Mm-hmm. Right, like you're a diehard music fan, and you love Coachella, mm-hmm. and you love the atmosphere and the community and all these things. And I would buy a new bring. edition NFT mm-hmm. for lifetime mm-hmm. access to mm-hmm. any new edition concert <laughs> that ever right, came. But th- this is the beautiful thing, though, Steph. Right, you can now that you you're saying I'm the digital owner of this, I can keep that in the family. That is that is an asset. Again, it's a, it's a it's a digital asset. That goes up and down in value, right? The blockchain doesn't lie at the end of the day. Yeah, the right. the Coachella thing is super interesting because it's 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 on the blockchain. It's an NFT and it's transferable. Mm-hmm. You decide. You know what? I've been to the last ten. I really don't got to do that again. 
you can sell it to someone else. Right. And the value of it may go way up. It may come down. You don't know. But the thing is, you have an asset that you can now transfer to someone else and then they have the asset, uh, right. which but is again, it's kind of cool how, it, how you can do that. Right. But it goes back to the value mm-hmm. of Coachella. Everybody yeah. just ain't going to do that if Coachella is some Rudy Poot. You everything know, right. is only as valuable as people perceive it to be. I right, mean, right, that's, right. that's just always going to be the case. I, can I, do I have time for one more question? Yes, definitely. You can ask oh. one more. <laughs> I, and this is, this is, this is relative to Savage Kingdom specifically. Walk me through, cause I'm on your website right now. Yeah, Walk yeah. me through what happens if I decide to first purchase an NFT or because I see the link to purchase your NFT and I see the button to mint your NFT. So kind of walk me, you know, really as, 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 as high yeah. level as we can, cause I know we're getting up on time or whatever, but you know, walk me through what happens when I, when I click the link to purchase or when I click the button to mint. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I'll definitely need to get with our team cause the mint button should say purchase, but they should mm-hmm. lead you to the same place. Oh, Basically, okay. because it's on the blockchain, you'll need crypto to buy it. Right. Um, if, if one of the, the best ways to buy crypto is through Coinbase, yep. right? That, that's that, that's the go-to just about for everyone, yep. right? Because we're based upon the Solana blockchain. You want to buy, um, Solana, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after you buy your Solana, unfortunately, Coinbase hasn't, um, hasn't, uh, implemented, uh, like kind of like a, an opportunity that allows people to purchase NFTs with their Solana wallet yet. Yeah, it's coming mm-hmm. based upon everything that they're saying, but, you would need to set up a Solana wallet. Uh, I, I currently would probably recommend Phantom or Soul, or, uh, Soul Flare. Um, and then you would need to send your Solana from your Coinbase wallet or account to your Soul Flare or Phantom wallet. Because what happens is whenever you click that button, it's going to take you to um, the secondary market, which is Magic Eden. I'm, I'm looking at that right now. Yep. Right. And so now from there, you can say, okay, well, bet I want to buy, you know, number 2222 for 0.3 Solana or whatever the case may be. Right. Mm -hmm. So like that's the high level way of putting it. I know it's kind of, um, no, this is what we need. So keep going. This is helpful. Yeah. Now we need, yeah, we need the, we need the basics, man. Like I said, explain (laughs) it like I'm fine. You're going to have folks just going to go do this after this. So you're telling me. The artwork for you, you might have me, uh, you know, Yo, out here uh, to try to we were real talk. We were, something, something. we were really intentional about the art, man. Typically what you will see with, with most artwork, they give you one base character and then they'll give you 30 different traits for us because I'm speaking to a number of different people and no, no, no person is the same. So we have four different base characters. Each base character has at least 40 to 60 different traits. Right. Whether it's we're talking skin tones, whether we're talking like Kangos, whether we're talking, you know, locks like there, there aren't a lot of characters that look like our characters. There isn't a lot of representation in this space. The, the closest thing to represent, I'm going to tell you the closest thing to representation. This is what it looks like. you got white men. And this is indicative of our, of our society. You have white men. And then from there, you have uh, the next celebrated group are, are women. Shout out to all the women. And women in tech, we love you. We appreciate you. And then from there, you have the LGBT, LGBTQIA plus community. And then from there, it drops off. So when I'm telling you there is a lack of representation in the space, 
our thing is like, yo, we, we want people to know that we're in this space. So the artwork is, 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 is a representation of that. A reflection of that. Yeah. Do you have a dedicated group of artists put this oh, collection yeah. out? Yeah. 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 My, my main artist is, uh, a dude out of Nigeria. Real dude, real cool cat, uh, named Emmanuel. He kind of helped me come up with the concept. And then I have a dude, my team is literally based all over the world. And I have a dude from Latvia. Um, and then uh, I work with a couple of other independent artists in the States. And man, they just kind of, I tell, I told them the vision and, and we worked together and they helped come up with it. So yeah. Cool. It's, a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy process. And then I have a whole nother group of developers who have actually helped me put it on the blockchain. Right. And then I have a whole nother team that does our marketing, a whole nother team that does our social. Like it's, right. it's, and I don't have, <laughs> I don't have a big budget like some of these VCs and some of these cats that, oh, you know, um, I have no doubt that we would have sold out if I would have put fifty thousand dollars in the marketing, but that's not how my money is set up. I got to. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and and I mean that that may not necessarily even be the the best strategy. You know what I'm saying? Is this is this just as chestnut checkers and Absolutely. and so if you're trying to build a legacy and 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 you know we're talking about wealth creation and and you know holding on to assets, passing it down through generations and, and different stuff like that. You know, maybe that was that wouldn't have been the best strategy for you in the first place. So it's a marathon, right? Because that's right. That's when you right. talk finances, you 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 have to you have to help people change their habits and change how they think about money. Jeremy, before we let you go, um, we, we might have to we might have to have a part two because there there's so many more questions I still want to ask, but we we are we are way over on time. I'm probably going to you know have to. You know, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> no, d- no, no, no. There is no, there is no. You're bad. So like, I'm just thinking. It's like right I now I'm thinking. We, no, you're good. no, we. Like I said, I, I can see this part of the tech of, of you know of episode 31. We might just have to put you know some of this on uh, on YouTube so people can go and get to this. The last time we did that, we talked about crypto uh, you know, as well. Uh, and it's just, you know, something that got, uh, you know, a bunch of views. So we may have to figure out what we're going to do with this. But I just want to give you the opportunity. Is there anything else you want to tell us, uh, about Savage Kingdom? Um, you know, before, uh, you know, we actually go ahead and close the show out, uh, particularly about once again, how do I go get some? Because folks, and I'm telling when, y'all, you, it seems like you need to it sound like I just can't go in there and buy it right now. You, I'm pretty sure you got dates. You got things you're trying to drop. No, the marketplace is no, they're live. Market like this stuff is live. I'm looking at it right now. I'm about to go on my Coinbase and get out of here. uh, No, so (laughs) so so folks, there's an after party that we there's an after party that we do um, on the Tech John. We got some questions, so this is a good reason for our listeners that if you are not a uh, patron, you might want to become one. Head over to patreoncom forward slash the Tech John. You can become a patron and you get access to things like after party. And our live stream. So, uh, yeah, we, we got some questions coming up in our after party. Uh, before we do that, though, as we always do at the end of our show, we let folks, uh, you know, know about our Patreon, which I just did. And we always want to give a shout out. So, uh, Paul Allen Harris, he just missed it. He actually, uh, I think he came in Tuesday last week. He just missed getting on, you know, the, the shout out for uh, last Monday. But Paul Allen Harris is holding it down. He became a patron. Uh, he here in the last week. And once again, patreon.com forward slash the tech John. That's how you're able to support the show so that we can give you the tech that you want. Uh, Jeremy, um, as we close the show out, go ahead and tell our listeners how they can get at you. You know, any of your socials, all that kind of stuff, let folks know how they can get to you. 
Yeah, no, thank you, uh, Rob. Um, again, Jeremy Butler, founder of Savage Kingdom. Uh, all of our social media handles are forward slash forward slash Savage KNFT. Um, you know, uh, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, as well as LinkedIn, right? Because it's a, it's a huge opportunity there that I think a lot of people just miss. And that's a, for us, that's a very strategic move. Um, and also on Magic Eden is where you can actually go purchase our NFT if you just look up, uh, I, I believe it's magiceden.io. And if you look up Savage Kingdom on there, you'll kind of see some of our artwork. We're putting more and more out. Uh, we haven't even released the like the some of the crazier stuff that uh, that I'm going to release this week. So yeah, that's how you can find us. And uh, yeah, that's how you can also purchase. Okay, and Stephanie, tell folks how they can get at you. You can find me all around the web at Tech Lifestyle. And you can find me on the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we also are at The Tech John on all the things. That is The Tech J-A-W-N. That's going to do it for this show this week. I know we ran a little bit long, but this is good stuff. I, I took notes, actually. I don't ever take notes, but I actually took notes during this episode. So I want to go back and listen and write some things down. But we're going to go ahead and close the show out. So as we always say at the end of the show, peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.